When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Yes, indeed. Hello, everyone. I'm John Lund alongside Al Renato, a.k.a. His New York sports radio fans know him, the great Al from White Plains, and this is New Report, Old Report. Here on Tuesday, August 13th from 8 to 9 Eastern Time, live on Sports Radio America. If you missed the live show, you can catch the replay all week, also at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or find the show as bonus content under the Bridge Sports Podcast, which you can find by searching for the Bridge Sports Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at LondonBridge.com. If you want to interact with the show, you can text in a question, comment, or complaint to 929-274-3437, or if you're brave enough, leave a voicemail with the same, and we'll play what you have to say on air again by calling 929-274-3437. This week, not Antonio Brown's shoulders or knees, but his head and toes, and Dak wants to get paid. Check your sources. We're off. Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. We wouldn't have it any other way on the new report, old report. We've got baseball stories heating up, football getting closer and closer. And as we always say on this show, nobody circles the wagons quite like the National Football League. So there's really no surprise that yet another show can be led off with NFL news, and in particular, one person that has graced the NFL news, both on paid television, on HBO. I know you're not a big hard knocks guy, so you missed episode one, focused on the Oakland Raiders for now. But... Antonio Brown has managed to steal the early, early, after the NFL draft, after the start of training camp, and everybody getting back into the swing of preseason football headlines, with two instances. Number one, we learned that he cannot participate in football activities because he got frostbite on his feet. He's got cold feet. He's got cold cold feet. feet. Which could be the answer. That could be the answer that we can get to. Because in California, as we know, it's not quite as cold there as some other places you would get cold feet. The latest, though, after that, just days after that, or at least once we found out about that, we then find out that he doesn't like the new NFL helmets that have been given out. This has been something that has been in the works for a couple years now, and specifically last year, several players got grandfathered in to continue to wear the helmet of their choice for one more season, two of which Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, faces of the league, obliged to and agreed to. They kept their helmets. A.B. kept his helmet. Full well knowing once this season was coming, they would have to go to the helmets that have been approved by the National Football League. Well... A.B. wasn't having that, Al. And he said that he would consider just not playing football anymore 
if he couldn't wear his helmet. Then days later, an arbiter has to look at, people have to go to get documents and, and look deep inside of these things and say, hey man, you don't wear your helmet, it's breach of contract, we're not listening to you, put the helmet on. To which he responded, all right, can't wait to go and get to practice and be with my teammates. Show me the money. What kind of a cluster has this week been for Antonio Brown? When are you going and is everybody... First of all, folks, welcome back. We missed you. Hope you missed us on uh, New and Old. And if you haven't figured out yet that this is one of the biggest clowns to come down the pike in recent NFL... I don't say history, but recent NFL memory... Where have you been? I don't want to say he makes Odell Beckham Jr. look like a choir boy because you know some of Odell Beckham Jr.'s on-field antics during regular season games, both on the field and on the sideline, blow some of the stuff that AB has done away during games. Remember, Beckham's Worst transgressions were on the field, in my mind. But this guy is just a first-class nut job. I mean, from filming his own locker room and sending it out on what he sent it on Instagram, Snapchat. Yeah, that was Instagram. So you missed it because it was on Instagram. Whatever you want to call. All right. So he's got his own locker room speeches by his coach, etc., going out for public consumption, the supposed sacred locker room. Then he gets himself traded because it's all Big Ben's fault for a third and a fifth. They're going to pay him a fortune. Then he goes to Frostbite Falls, Minnesota. Look it up, Bullwinkle fans. And then <laughs> if I can't play with my helmet, I'm going home. You make me play without my old helmet, I'm going home. Well, Larry Fitzgerald's playing without his old helmet. Tom Brady's playing without his old helmet. And Mr. Rogers playing without his old helmet. So what makes you think you're going to get to play with your old helmet? The answer is no. Not now. Not ever. Never. You want to play, put on the new helmet. Union signed off on it. Owners signed off on it. That's the agreement. It's in the best interest of the players. It's for their health. It's the one that's been most recent design. There are a number of various choices. May not be the most comfortable in the world because you're not used to it. You will get used to it. And if you don't get used to it, or if you don't like it, don't play. You don't play, you don't get paid. It's a very simple equation. See how that works. Obviously, there's been a sudden change of heart as the guy who was going to retire if he didn't get to wear his old helmet, never play in the NFL again, has done a very, very, very speedy 180, and he can't wait to get to camp. I hope the Raiders are happy with what they got because I know the Steelers are thrilled with what they don't have. I'm trying to figure out what the motive for this is and or was because it seems 
based on what he said once everything got resolved and how quick to the public he just said, oh, great, well, I'm really excited to play football. Let's get onto the field and no problem. Well, if you were that adamant just hours beforehand that you weren't going to play the sport anymore if you didn't get your way, and then once you do not get your way, you say, that's fine. I was just playing. I don't know what theory to believe. If this was because he can't practice, he doesn't have as much airtime on hard knocks in episode one, and he wants to be on there, so he made this up to kind of bring the focus back to him. Or if this is a ploy to, well, the next contract I get, I want to be compensated because my safety is going to be at more risk because I'm not wearing the helmet I want to, and you're going to need to pay me a couple more bucks, even though I already got paid. I don't know the motive. I don't think it was as much, though, the helmet itself. I mean, you were a little bit older, so you didn't get this thrust upon you, but when I played Little League, there were a couple parents and a couple coaches that threw around the idea that we got the masks for the helmets. So you basically looked like a football player batting. I never cared for them. I thought they were a distraction. Some people didn't mind them at all, and you could choose whether or not to wear them, whether if you wanted them for safety and you would just have your parents sign a form. There were also these bulletproof vest-esque type things. I don't know if you remember these either. So if you got hit with a baseball, it apparently wouldn't hurt as much. Even though you played ball, I don't remember ever getting hit like square in the chest. So that was always interesting. Well, they've got them now. They've got them now. They've had them for years. Yeah, right. And special helmets. And and especially in, say, softball, they have the masks for the pitchers because they're even closer than in baseball, as we know. And you can decide whether or not you want the protection. All for safety, all understandable, and I, I think part of me thinks that it should be a, a choice, but if you play with it when you're young enough, by the time, it, it doesn't even make a difference. You don't even notice it's there half the well, time. Well, here's the problem when you talk about choice. If you're going to bring lawsuits, billion-dollar lawsuits against the National Football League because you're suffering from injuries which resulted from the league arguably not taking the proper precautions to prevent these injuries when they knew these injuries were the potential risk, well, then they are now making these inroads and discoveries and taking these extra steps to help preclude these injuries from happening it can't be a matter of choice. It's not waivable. Number one, it's in the collective bargaining agreement. Players agreed to it. So you can't, you want to play? You want to be a member of the union? All right. You got to wear it. Number two, see, number one, but more importantly, this is about player safety. We're doing this to protect you. We're doing it to protect us also because... We want to show we're taking all active measures to keep you as safe as possible. You may not be able to perform to exactly the nth degree that you could previously because what this is too restricting or you're not comfortable in it. Well, you want to know what? You may not be as comfortable in it 
But I'll tell you what, you're not going to be suing us because you're wearing the helmet. Because this helmet is going to help prevent any injuries. And at the end of the day, once you get used to it, you will thank us. When you walk away from this game without a major head or neck injury, and hopefully are able to live the rest of your life to a relatively normal life capacity, life expectancy. Hopefully this is one of the reasons you're allowed to do it because you're still playing this game, which is inherently dangerous, uh, uh, which is a huge risk to the head with all the blows to that. So we've got to do everything possible to prevent that head from being injured. And this is what we're doing. And you agreed to it. So it's all part and parcel of the package. You want to play in this league, you wear this helmet. And if you don't want to wear it, then you simply don't play because we're not going to allow you to wave it. And then later on, Sue us. Well, and that and was the same to, and sentiment. Then we, and then we have to go to court and use waivers of defense. Exactly. We don't want to go to court at all. We're done with court. That's the same We're sentiment in Little League. Protect. So put the damn helmet on and shut up. In Little League, you Enough. would get the same thing. If you don't want to wear the helmet, you're not playing. Go home. See ya. You know, it, it's just, he, he has become, it, it, it's just another day. It's just another saga. It's just another story. He's a dog and pony show. All by himself. What Let's I, see if he gets to camp. Let's see if he works out. Let's see if he does full, you know, runs through full drills. If his feet are ready to go. If he can fit his incredibly ego-inflated head into the helmet and give this team some of what he gave Pittsburgh, so he can see if he can drag him up from the basement. Because right now, they are a joke. They are an absolute positive joke. From their coach, to their general manager, to their owner, to their stadium saga scenario, staying in silly. It, it's just, I, I mean, I don't want to say Mark Davis is chip off the old block, because the old man's team won. But the old man became outdated. He became the old report. He refused to step into the new age, much like yours truly. And as a result, the game passed him and passed his team by. And now we've got a coach who's come out of the booth who looks like the same has happened to him so far. They are showing no signs of moving into this millennium. They, show, they are showing no signs of having any type of quality organization. They're showing no signs of having any kind of at least peace talks with Oakland for however long they're going to remain there until the new stadium is ready in Las Vegas, whenever that may be. So this franchise has literally become, in my mind, a total and complete laughingstock from the owner down to their new star player. And it's interesting in bringing in Antonio Brown. In bringing in a guy like Dantes Perfect, who, by the way, gave Antonio Brown a concussion last year when Antonio Brown was wearing his preferred helmet. So that doesn't necessarily help his cause either. But now who they're surrounding Derek Carr with in John Gruden, who, even though he's under a 10-year contract for $100 million, by the way, let's not forget, He's a hard-nosed guy from the old-school NFL and he's not going to take anybody's shit either. So things don't go well 
starting with his quarterback, he's just not going to say, well, I've got eight more years left on my contract. I'm good. We'll let this kid ride out and see what he can do. He's in year six now, right? Now it's, it's, it's crunch time. It's past crunch time. It's, I, I guess we'll give you another year, but Lord help us. We're going to have to figure something out if you don't have it. All right, well, let's bring in Antonio Brown. Maybe that'll be the answer, one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. And then we're met with this right out of the gate. And I don't know, another option that this could have been or a stunt to help with could have been Antonio Brown just not wanting to show up to training camp. I mean, he's what, 30? I've done this rodeo before. I'll be good for week one. I didn't even practice with my team last year leading up to the final game, but I'll be good once the first whistle blows. I don't need to be getting reps. I'll do that out of my own time. I'm not going through this. And the way he kind of has the Raiders by the balls, in a sense, maybe they would have been okay with that, just to shut him up. Like, fine, you don't want to come to training camp. You don't want to set an example for anybody. You want to keep that diva mantra? Go ahead. We're fine with it. But why he had to go through this ordeal, the feet, now the helmet, I guess he's going to show up now. So now they've got to deal with that. And now the players have to deal with the coach who came out in a press conference the other day and said he's okay with all this. First off, the feet weren't his fault. That was a, a freak thing, an accident. <laughs> if you go to a cryo chamber, Al, I know you're not really getting that type of therapy yet in your athletic career. He's done it before. Yeah. You, you, you got to put on socks. Before. All of a sudden, you didn't know what to wear in there. You forgot your socks. What, what, what is the under over on the Raiders? What's the total we'll, on the Raiders? We'll find that out. Five? Four and a half? We'll say five and a half. Whatever it is. Go on. This will be the worst team in the national football. This is a three. This is going to be a three and 13 team. Why Gruden is okay. They're going to lose twice to Kansas City. They're going to lose twice to the Chargers. They'll split with the Broncos. That's one in five. Who do they have in their conference? Who does the NFC, who does the AFC West have? We'll be lucky if I could find the over-under by the time we get done with this segment. <laughs> the over-under is six, by the way. Six? Six. The over is the plus world, 105. If the that. world is not on the under, no matter what the pick is, they're nuts. Because that was like taking candy from a baby. This team couldn't win six games if they played 20. That's how bad they're going to be. Vikings, Colts, Bears, Packers, Lions, Texans, Bengals, Jaguars, so they, Titans. So you're telling me they have the NFC North? Yeah, and the Jets. So that's another three losses. So now I've got them at one and eight. I'm giving them the Detroit win. With losses to the Packers, losses to the Vikings, and losses to the Bears. So I've got them at one and eight. What's the rest of that schedule? We, at the end of October, we got the Texans, the Lions, Chargers, Bengals, Jets, Chiefs, Titans, Jaguars, Chargers, Raiders play the Broncos to end it's the season. It's a three and thirteen team. Maybe Why? they find a way. Maybe they find a way to four and twelve. But I think they're three and thirteen staring fish. It's an awful football team. 
I just don't know why when you have the smallest of chance to set some sort of a tone with the team with arguably your best player. Let's not argue about it. He's their best player. Regarding this situation, John Gruden was just 100% in agreement and in backing with Antonio Brown's decision to not wear the helmet. And he hoped he would be back because he's got a couple plays drawn up for him that he would like to run. But he was fine with all of What is of that? What is that? I got some plays drawn up for him I'd like to run when he, if he comes, when he comes back. I mean, you know, we support the player. You know, I understand the situation. What are you doing? Well, where's the giant road that, that we, you know, get in here and play? We got rules. They're supposed to, that's what rules are for. You know, we, we had agreements. But unfortunately, it's not a scenario that is something that is negotiable. So you got to come in and play. So come on in and play. We need you. You want to say we need you, that's fine. But, you know, like, uh, well, I support them. Uh, well, you support well, What's there to support? There is nothing there. His position has absolutely no viability. His position has no merit. Zero. Zip. Which is evidenced by the fact that he can't wait to come back now that he lost. Just another waste of time. Again, always needing to be the center of attention. Coming in a helicopter, throwing stuff off of balconies. What color did he dye his hair? Blue? Gray? Blonde now. Blonde mustache we blonde, have Blonde, whatever. Yeah. Perish the thought, you just come in and do your job. Just give that a shot. Give it a try. Now we know why the Steelers said sayonara. Now we know why the Steelers said, we'll, 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 we'll take the dead, the dead space on the cap. We'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. Be a lot easier than dealing with him. We got Juju Smith-Schuster. And we got the kid from Texas Tech. James Washington. We develop wide receivers better than any team in the National Football League. We developed him. We'll develop more. Got a running back. Found him in the dirt. Made him, made everybody forget about Le'Veon Bell. Ben's back. Hasn't said he wants to retire yet. We'll let it ride. Without him. And it's, I'm just confused as to why, why you would want to make this public, why you would want to bring this upon what, yourself what are, what at this point. What are you confused point? about? If it walks like a dope and it talks like a dope, it's a dope. It's pretty simple. So before he acts like an idiot. Well, why, why is it so hard to call guys out for acting like idiots, for acting like horses' asses? Because they're athletes and they're incredible entertainers and they can do things that we could only dream of doing. That's all correct. But that doesn't mean they can't be idiots. You've been an idiot, I'm sure, in your life. I certainly have. I plead guilty. So why is it that an incredibly gifted athlete can't be an idiot? Can't act like an idiot? Can't act like a complete moron? They're in the public eye, so we see it. So we see A.B. in the public eye, 
acted like a complete, total buffoon, like an idiot. That's the end of the story. It's nothing about you. I can't figure out. Why would you try and figure out a dope? Why waste your time? It's a simple solution. He is acting like a moron. That's the solution. I just made it easy for you. <laughs> you did. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Here's the quote from AB. While I disagree with the arbitrator's decision, I'm working on getting back to full health and looking forward to rejoining my teammates on the field. I'm excited about this season. Appreciate all the concerns about my feet, exclamation point. Hashtag always a fight. Hashtag represent. Hashtag it's bigger than me. Okay, hashtag this. Hashtag this. All right, here's what I want you to do. Send up flares when you're in camp and practicing with your team. Don't give me any more missives about how you can't wait to get there, about this condition or that condition or this decision or that decision. Here's what I would like you to do. Tell me just one more thing. When you show up and you're going to play. As Carlos Santana Banana has left the building for the second day in a row. Yesterday it was a grand slam in the top of the tenth. Today it is a solo shot in the bottom of the ninth and the Red Hot Tribe Roll on. They give up the lead in the top of the ninth to the Chisa, or to the Bosox. And then Santana, who has had a tremendous year, who they reacquired, they brought back, walks it off in the bottom of the ninth with a solo shot. That's a 6-5 Indian win. The team that was given up for dead in the AL Central is now atop the AL Central. The best managerial job of Terry Francona's career. And remember, he's got two world championships. Back to the football. Sorry about that. Just a little baseball, pennant race baseball interjected for you. Go Yankees. <laughs> so, we, I guess to no surprise, already have it. When this all happened, first the John Gruden, then the Antonio Brown, Vontez Perfect, everybody, Richie Incognito, there was the thought of, well, I, I guess it's only a matter of time before this all blows up in a bad way. Well, how we're can already there. We're already Richie there. Incognito? Vontez Burdick? I mean, this guy, this is the cheapest, this is the, the biggest cheap shot artist in the league. And I know he plays hard. He's always played hard. The days of playing the way he played, those days are long gone. You just can't simply assassinate people with your helmet. Can't do it. The Jack Tatum, George Atkinson days are gone. The helmet to helmet hits, you know, the lower the boom, light them up, drop your helmet on, on, on their helmet, knock them out, stand over them. That's not the way the game is played anymore. That was my day. It ain't this day. So it's just a question of how long will Vontaze Burdick last before the next suspension comes. And Richie Incognito, 
should be trailing incognito because he is a joke. Everywhere he goes, it's just the same old story. One moronic tale after another. A whack job, a nut. Didn't he, ret he retired, now he's back. Just retire, just go away. Go away. Because every time he's back in the league, it's another idiotic story about Richie Cognito. Whether he's you know, abusing one of his teammates, you know, mentally, whether he's getting suspended for PhD, you know, for, for, for PEDs. It's the second he comes back, it's another whack job story. Just get out already. Tired of hearing it. Tired of, tired of listening to it. Tired of, tired of guys reporting it. Move on to news. This guy's a washed up offensive lineman. And somehow, somewhere, he always gets himself in the news. Move on. Let's talk about the guys that matter, because this guy sure doesn't. We'll move on from the Raiders. Though Hard Knocks will become must-see television for the next three of its episodes. One of which is probably has already aired as we're speaking, but I'm sure this won't be the last of the Raiders before the regular season starts. Not to be outdone, the Dallas Cowboys had to find themselves in the news today as part tradition from their quarterback, Mr. Dak Prescott, last year of his rookie contract, getting like two and a half million this year, whatever the number is, reportedly turned down $30 million a year and countered, how about $40 million a year? Now, putting that into perspective, there's no quarterback currently in the NFL that has an average of more than $35 million on their current contract, and only six have an average of over $30 million, one of which would be, say, Carson Wentz. He has an average of $32 million. I don't know if this was Dak maybe just doing that old, you just throw a ridiculous number out there knowing that it's going to come down and you hope to meet in the middle and maybe get 35. I know the argument will be Dak Prescott is not a quarterback that's worth $30 million. But in today's NFL, is this a situation where the Cowboys almost are going to have to come close to that number in order to keep their quarterback and well, have an alright quarterback. They're, they're probably going to get close to that number, even though you know he's not an upper echelon quarterback. Because remember, uh, now, now he's not a free agent. He's going to the last year of his contract of his rookie contract, correct? That's and correct. he's not an upper echelon quarterback, but I think he's a better quarterback than the quarterback with the free agent Bonanza, I think he's a, now I think it's close, but if you said to me, and again, a lot of, a lot of it's got to do with the pack, the entire pack, neither one of them are that old, or I should say both relatively young. One's very young. The other's still relatively young. But if you said to me, AWP for the next five years, you can have Dak Prescott at $30 million a year, or Kirk Cousins at $30 million a year, I will take Dak Prescott. No, it's, it's close. It's not a slam dunk decision, 
but I like Prescott more. That's my personal preference. I don't love either quarterback. I think Kirk Cousins is the most overrated player in the NFL. He was right time, right place. He made a fortune. I literally think he's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback, as in like you know, mid-teens. If you asked me to rattle off 15 quarterbacks that I thought were as good as him or better, I think I could. And Dak Prescott would probably be right there with him, either a little bit better or maybe not quite as good, depending on what you think. But that's pretty much where I put Dak Prescott. So if you want to make the argument, well, that's what Kirk Cousins is getting. But Kirk Cousins was an unrestricted free agent. Dak Prescott still has a year left on his rookie contract. Now you want to make up some of the money to Dak Prescott because he's been a huge bargain. Well, you can look at it that way too. But then again, who got the benefit of the bargain? The Dallas Cowboys. Because the they're the ones who picked him. They're the ones who were smart enough to take him when they took him. So that was wise drafting. And they put him in exactly the right situation with a great running back, an incredible offensive line, and he has flourished. Now, has he won a lot of games on his own? Has he been the reason they've won a lot of games? I don't think so. Has he been the reason that they haven't lost a lot of games? Absolutely. He's a great manager of the game. He's not going to drop back and throw for 400 yards and beat you uh, just with his arm. He's excellent on his feet. He's got great escapability, maneuverability. He throws a nice ball. He doesn't have a big arm. He's got an adequate arm. But this is not a guy that I believe you game plan against. You game plan against the running back. But he's a good mix with the running back. And the receivers, if they bring back their guy from Alabama slash the Raiders, who is also holding out, that's their triumvirate. Not to be confused with Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and Michael Irvin in any way, shape, or form. But two of these guys are, are, are good players, and one's a really, really good player. And right now, they don't have any of them. I cannot justify. And that, you know, again, you know the $40 million is agent talk, because the agents do all the talking. And that is an asinine statement. It is an asinine demand. It is an asinine number for a quarterback who obviously isn't worth that, but more importantly, in terms of when you compute or look at worth based upon market, that's not the market. It's not the market for a quarterback who's still under contract. It's not even the market for the best quarterback who's looking for a new contract. So $40 million Close your eyes, what do you see? Those are the chances of that happening. Zero, zip, zilch, nada, no chance, nothing. 35 million, seriously doubt it. I could see 30 million. I could see 30 million based upon, you know, a couple of years at 2.7 when he was playing like a $15 million quarterback and locking him up for another four or five years, you know, at 30. I could certainly see that. But 35, 40, I, I would be you know, shocked at 35 and 40. I'm done doing this show because it's time for me to start talking about something else. Top five average per year. Well, we'll go six because then your favorite quarterback will be on it. Russell Wilson, 
He's getting $35 million annually because of that Rogers. $140 million contract. Rogers is Rogers. third at 33. Big Ben, 34, coming in at second. Then Wentz, we know he got paid, luckily for him, the youngest of this group. Matt Ryan is next at five. Then Kurt Cousins comes in at six, 28 million. After that, what, it's what, Jimmy what, G, what, 27. What, what is Wentz? What is Wentz? Wentz is getting 32 million for this. And he's number. He is fourth for average. And what's, Bre- and what's Breeze? Breeze is down in 10th, 25 million. Yeah, because his contract is old. Yeah, had the 50 million contract and luck is uh, after look, him I, 24. I, I think the, I think Philly took a risk with Wentz. I do I agree as well. I, I really well. do. But you know that's something else that Prescott's gonna point to. And that, that's all right. I can understand that. That's fine. Because and is he as good as Wentz? I don't think so. But then again, he plays. Wentz is giving you a very, very, very short, brief look at what he can be. He hasn't stayed on the field. Prescott's on the field. We've talked about this before. There is great value in being on the field. Well, it's the same thing with uh, a, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I put, too. I put, I, I, I put a huge thumb on the scale in favor of guys who play. Some guys, look, let's tell like it is. Some guys, you know, are, are in, in all aspects of life. These guys are all tough. They wouldn't be up there doing it. But some guys are tougher than others. Some guys are going to play a little nicked up. Some guys won't play nicked up. Some guys will play hurt. Some guys won't. I don't expect guys to play injured. Some guys will play more hurt than others. I think Prescott, to me, is the kind of guy who will play hurt. He, Russell Wilson, those guys will tough it out. I'm not sold on Wentz doing that yet. I understand knee injury, but... Some guys have a way of staying on the field and some guys don't. Some guys have a way of avoiding contact. Some guys don't. Russell Wilson never seems to get hit hard. Just when it looks like Russell Wilson is going to get blasted, he somehow either escapes or gets down just in time. Because it's not like he's running out of bounds. He's out there in the middle of the field, scrambles, rollouts, downfield, getting ready to throw, pump fake and pulling it down and going. He manages to slide at the right time, get out of bounds at exactly the right time, stop, drop, and roll at exactly the right time. Either way, when was the last time you watched Russell Wilson play and, and like, had to turn your head because you were afraid of how hard he got hit? Prescott's similar. He's not in Russell Wilson's class. He can't throw like Russell Wilson. He's just not as good a player as Russell Wilson. But he's a good, competent, healthy, young NFL quarterback. Those are excellent traits. And the market calls for $30 million. To turn your nose up at $30 million, to me, that I don't get. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. If you're the Cowboys and it's one or the other, one is 
you can have Dak Prescott and forget about the number. You you sign Dak Prescott, but you lose Zeke and you lose Cooper. Or you can have Dak skip out of town because you didn't match the number he wants, but you still are able to sign Zeke and Cooper. Who do you go with? Or what what position would you take on that? Well, you've got to remember, I've got the quarterback under contract for another year. True, right. So he can't go anywhere. Hypothetically, if it's one or the other, would you take your chance drafting another quarterback, seeing if you could strike gold again, Dak style, since they got him so late, and then he well, would still if, have if, the if, option if my with trade, if my trade, If my trade, me talking, if I'm getting the two players versus the one, I'm going to take the two players. If you're going to tell me I can lock up the other two long-term or I can have the quarterback long-term and the other two are gone, I'm going to take the other two long-term. Absolutely. Because this quarterback is replaceable. It's never easy, but he's replaceable. And he's much more easily replaced if you keep for a long-term his two greatest weapons. If you take his two greatest weapons away, then he's not nearly as desirable because part of his competency, part of his excellence is his ability to work with those two players. And without those two players, he is not the kind of guy who, in my mind, makes those players better. They always talk about how Tom Brady makes those players around him better. Well, I think the players around Dak Prescott make him better. I think that running back, especially that offensive line, have made him better. You know, if you put Dak Prescott behind, you know, uh, uh, you know the, uh, the 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 offensive line in Houston, you got problems. You know, with that brilliant one quarterback was sacked, you know, 147 times last year. So, so I, I'm, I'm going to take – I put a lot of importance on the quarterback position. But, again, look at what's making $30 million. Kirk Cousins is a middle-of-the-road quarterback making $30 million. I can find another Kirk Cousins. I can't just go out on the running back tree and find another Ezekiel Elliott. And I may not be able to find another Amari Cooper that quick. Now, if you're going to say to me, Cooper or Dak, Dak, absolutely. Slam dunk. Because the wide receivers are easier to find, easier to find than the quarterbacks. And I've got the running. So if I can have my druthers on any two of the three, it's the quarterback and the running back. Wide receivers last. Even though I like Cooper. He's a really good young player. Seems like a really good kid. And I don't think Zeke is a very good guy. Or he's a good guy who's a moron. And he may be a good guy who's simply a moron. You know, walks like a dope, talks like a dope. Chances are it's a dope. And he does a lot of stupid things. Continues to do them. But he's a terrific player. And if I get my choice, if you said, if you tell me two out of three ain't bad, I take the quarterback and I take the running back. And I find another wide receiver. Whether it's in the draft, free agency, go to the free agent tree, there's some out there, whatever the case may be, um, and, and, and I find a way to do it that way. 
But I don't think that's going to happen. I think eventually, at the end of the day, uh, they're going to find a way to bring all three of them back uh, because they control the purse strings. Nobody's sitting out a year. Don't see it. Don't see it happening. Don't see it happening. I think they'll bring Dak in for around $30 million a year. Maybe a little more. Carson Wentz is smart. Carson Wentz is Wenchish money. Because he'll make the argument, yeah, you want a Super Bowl, but you want it without him. I'm taking you to the playoffs. I'm healthy all the time. I can't help that I'm, uh, you know, I didn't get first-round money because you take me in the first round. But he's not on the field. I'm always on the field. I think I'm worth what he's worth. Show me. I'm your guy. I want to be your quarterback in this division, the fanciest division in the NFL, the, the biggest rating division in the NFL, the NFC East, New York, Philly, Dallas, Washington. Okay, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the division. That's the prime time, bright lights division in the National Football League. And the franchise, America's team. I'm your guy. Pay me accordingly, and off we go. Part of me thinks that's how but they should but do don't, it. But don't be a pig. Right. That's the thing. Don't be a pig. We got other people to pay to. But part of me thinks they should just pay him, pay Zeke, pay Amari Cooper, and say, hey, there's an argument to be made that this should and could work. What I would do, to be honest with you, is I don't think it would hurt them if they got rid of Jason clapped my hands three times fast, Garrett, and got a new coach, said, you guys are all under contract for however many years together, three, four years, five years, whatever the number may be, let's go. Here's the guy, we'll give you a year so you can get used to his schemes and all that nonsense. Let's see what happens year two of this. You guys are it moving forward and see what happens. And then there's no regrets in, in a sense. Because you kept the guys, you gave them what you thought they needed to succeed, and you, you watched and saw, see if it would happen or not. I think, unfortunately for Dak, there was the down season that made people think, well, maybe this, maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe the first year was a fluke. Then last year was, okay, you know, 10 and 6, all right, we're around. But we still don't have enough confidence, I don't think, to be able to throw the dart at the wall and say, of course we would give you this money. As the Eagles did with Carson Wentz, seemingly a lot easier than most teams might have. Just because, as you said, he'll have a Super Bowl ring, but he wasn't on the field for it. So that's a huge risk. But as we know, in today's NFL, you have to take risks with quarterbacks now a lot more than you once had. Because if you don't have one, forget it. Forget it. Well... Look, they've got one, and they don't – you don't even – here's the thing that's so confounding about it. You know, if you don't have one, he's not a great one. He is a good quarterback. You know, but because there's only one of those players on your team at that position, and they touch the ball every offensive play – they're the most important player on the field offensive because they touch the ball every play, and they're the only one who can throw it, so they are half of your passing game. You must have confidence. 
So it's not to be looked at as we've got a great one. We've got a competent one. Because if you look at him, in my mind, and I look, I'm not going to speak for you know, Peter King. I'm not going to speak for all the experts out there. You know, Albert Greer. Right? I'm not going to speak for this talking head and that talking head. But I, I, I would think that the majority of the opinions are that Dak Prescott is somewhere in that 11 to 17 or 18 range in terms of quarterbacks, if you would rank them. And if that's, that, that, that's what, that, that's what $30 million gets. You don't have to be a top five guy to get $30 million. You know, if it's your time to get a new contract. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, hit the jackpot, gambled on himself, but he won a Super Bowl. Right. This guy hasn't been to one. Joe Flacco, who's also a tremendous postseason quarterback, at times a stumbling, bumbling, regular season quarterback. But when Joe Flacco gets to the postseason, Joe Flacco's got a tremendous postseason track record, both at home and on the road. And he gambled on himself, won a Super Bowl, and made a fortune. He hasn't been the same player since. His best years are behind him. And I think that Dak Prescott's best years are probably ahead of him. Because he's still a young guy, and he's still developing, and he's still learning how to read defenses and make big-time throws. And I think he's going to get better. So I think that's another reason you can pay him that 30 to 32 to $33 million range because you're paying for past performance, yes, and making up for a steal you got in terms of the production you've gotten out of a fourth-round pick. But it's not just for past performance. There's a real good chance that this guy's best years are still ahead of him if surrounded by the proper personnel which every quarterback needs to win. Uh, but some quarterbacks need more than others. He needs it more than others. And I think that it would be a sound decision for them to put him in that, that 30-ish range. Absolutely. I would have no problem with that if I were the Cowboys. 40, as I said, that's another story. And I understand, well, you know, what the market's doing, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I could, I could understand that too. If you had just won a Super Bowl, you didn't. If you were a top-rated quarterback in the league, you're not. You are where you are. It's still not your time. You have a year left, but it is your time. We're going to make it your time, and we're going to reward you, and we're going to show you that we want you to wear the star for the, the prime of your career. So here's, you know... Five years, thirty-two million a year. Before we go, should we check and see if Gary Thorne is okay, the renowned Baltimore Orioles broadcaster? <laughs> I guess it's a rough day to be an O's fan and have to call what happened at Yankee Stadium. There were just a couple I, of I, home I, runs. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I hope, okay. I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay because this isn't fair to anyone really involved with it. So hope he's all right. He is one of my favorite calls of all time when Don Mattingly hit the home run in 95 and he screamed, hold on to the roof. 
and the place was going crazy, obviously. But I hope he's all right. That's all I can say. What's your score now? 29 to 1? <laughs> 14 straight victories for the Yankees over the O's. It's just, I mean, it, 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 it's remarkable. It really is. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing with top flight golf balls. They're playing in bandbox ballparks. They, they try and tell us that these balls aren't juiced. That's it. The 28-hour fantasy football marathon is currently on the four-letter network. Get to your TVs and see who's going to be in your lineups this year. Not an app. We can't, we can't wait for that. Who are you going to pick? Why are you going to pick? Which running back are you going to take? Which quarterback are you going to take? Which one's more prone to injury? I'm uh, Matt Barry. Stay with me for the next 72 hours, and we're going to break this down till your eyes go blind from watching. Maybe we'll do that next week. Please, no. Okay? Folks, I guarantee you, if it's going to be a fantasy football show, it will be the new report. And it'll be time for the old report to take a week off. All right? I want everybody to enjoy their week. For my partner, the great John Tiny Lund, until next time, enjoy the pennant races. Don't enjoy Antonio Brown. Don't bother watching. Please, mow your lawn. All right? Take your kids out for ice cream. You got more important things to do to listen to that horse's asses. But new report, old report, back next week. Until then, I'm Al from White Plains, a.k.a. from Albert Otto. Take care, everybody. We'll be back next Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>